Don't be fooled by the bones that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the bog. I used to have a little, now I have a lot. But I never forgot where I came from. The Bronx! And welcome back to Synchronicities, the best spooky podcast you didn't yet know about. My name is Rooney. I am the High Lord of High Strangeness, <laughs> presiding <laughs> over this this little fiefdom of weirdness. And here with me is our our resident demonologist. Mm-hmm. I'm Amy. There you go. That's names are useful. Yeah. <laughs> and and the the creepy shadow behind the camera. Reggie. (laughs) (laughs) Although the creepy shadow is going to be doing quite a bit of talking today. Yeah, because... We've lured him out. (laughs) You say lured, I think just dropping the ball, really. (laughs) Not being prepared. (laughs) We we dropped the ball, you had to scurry out to to, to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. You're the backup plan. No offence. When... When I'm the responsible one, we're in serious, serious (laughs) trouble. Things have gone awry when you have to be the serious one. The responsible one. You're the one we depend on. It's a new year. I've just given up. New year to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to be worse than ever. (laughs) (laughs) I've just taken on way too many projects and all of them have come to you in January. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's been a busy... Uh, I mean, Happy New Year, everybody, if you listen to this. If you listen to this when it comes out, it's the start of 2024. A whole new year ahead of us. So Exciting many possibilities. New, so many possibilities, so many places we can go. So many potholes we can twist our ankles in in the dark. So many attachments that we can get. <laughs> so many balls to be dropped. <laughs> dropped a lot this week. Do you, do you know that when you're in, a, you're in a group and everyone's having a good time and there's always that one person who's kind of harshing the vibe yeah. yeah not really getting into the spirit of things the one person in the room that's not living in delusion land <laughs> <laughs> Where the one person that realizes actual real work has to go into this yeah of course it does yeah. we're going to places we're going to a place tonight yeah, yeah we're yeah. recording three separate podcasts this weekend and uh, i want to die yeah, three three separate podcasts, including a site visit in like forty eight hours, less than forty eight hours. Yeah. yeah, and it's the first one we've done where we've actually got someone to we're show gonna, us we're around. Have someone else that was going to be. We someone need we need to thing. pretend that we know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Crap, Which... I'll start. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay at home. That's the thing. I'm so stressed. <laughs> I'm excited, but I'm stressed. Oh, yeah. It'll be fine. You're not the only one. I'm stressed <laughs> about being in a, in somewhere I don't know with a complete stranger yeah. and be- a microphone. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not just, just you. Just see the camera just shaking. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, awesome. This is going to be great, folks. So look out for that next month. Yeah. I may have done all the work for this week's episode, but you're doing all the work for next month's episode. That's yeah, why you normally done the way it, it goes. Yeah. That's the on-site why, ones are usually heavy. That's on why me. you're like, I'll research anything you want. I'll yeah. do. Yeah. Just give me the 
work. Oh, by the way, you have to speak to (laughs) the scary man later. Exactly what I said to him. I was like, I'll do everything (laughs) for this and for tomorrow's Taji. But you, You (laughs) I'm delegating that to you. You have to speak to the man because we don't like speaking to the man. He he seems lovely. He comes across as a really, really great guy. But, you know, just... I know what you two are like, yes. I'm awkward. It's all right. We'll wait till the ghosts come out. (laughs) It's pronounced... Autistic. Autistic, yes. <laughs> Just because he's going to drive the Lord. <laughs> right, the anyway, <laughs> we're not getting into that. That's 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 dominated touching for the that's last That's dominated our lives, that's really. Domina- yes, yeah. I have to live with you. <laughs> and practically live with you. Oh. Especially this weekend. So, um, I thought I would change it up. And bring a bit more of that touching flavour to synchronicities. Nice. Oh, that's a that's a bold bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off, Jeff. Plus, I've got like two skills, and one of them is finding interesting news articles <laughs> and asking questions about yeah, it. So, yeah. we're going to open with mystery Mexican alien corpses explained as scientists provide a simple verdict. Oh, okay. Yeah. I assume everyone's uh, everyone's seen these news articles on on the interwebs and places. Yeah, if not, I've got. Yeah. I've got I mean, you, you he literally has them on his phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. A group of alien corpses found in Peru and then transported to Mexico have been baffling scientists and extraterrestrial fans for months, but boffins have finally solved the mystery behind the otherworldly remaining... <laughs> Are we on the playground in, Such a in good the 90s word. here? <laughs> I mean, you boffins. boffins. I haven't heard that word since we were at school. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> boffins. Wow, okay. The centuries-old remains were unveiled last year by controversial journalist uh, Jamie Morsan, who claimed they had been found in Peru before being shipped to his native Mexico. At the time, he claimed uh, the find was the most important thing that's happened to humanity. A number of theories have since been put forward attempting to prove the figures are, in fact, extraterrestrial. A Mexican official known as J. Alberto claimed the creatures had three reproduction eggs that do not belong to the evolutionary chain of the Earth. In November, Morsan also alleged a DNA test showed 30% of the creature's genes um, come not from any known species that Daily Star previously reported. We have a clear example of non-human specimens unrelated to any known species on our planet. But despite the compelling evidence suggesting ET once roamed the planet, uh, scientists now think there is a far simpler explanation. A forensic expert told Peru's prosecutor's office on Friday, January the 12th, the figures are made out of paper, glue, metal, human (laughs) and animal bones and are not ancient aliens as previously thought. So it's a paper mache project, really. I mean, oh yeah, it's quite. It is quite clear. I've not seen that picture, but yeah, that is that's quite clear that it's. Uh, oh, but wait, because yeah. I have a, I have an alternative. But wait, there's more. There's more. The conclusion is simple, said forensic archaeologist Flavio Estrada, who led the analysis. Foreign names are just so much more fun. They are so names. much more yeah. fun. Uh, they are dolls assembled with bones of animals from this planet. With modern synthetic glues, therefore they were not assembled during pre-Hispanic times. They are not extraterrestrials. They are not aliens. At the meeting on Friday, experts showed reporters uh, versions of the two-foot dolls dressed up in colourful clothes. Their investigation found the bones of birds, dogs, and other animals were used to create the tiny statues, while <laughs> their very poorly built hands were made out of human bones. Officials are still unsure who owns the odd-looking effigies and have not yet worked out how they made their way from Peru to Mexico, with the former 
having launched legal proceedings against Morsan for allegedly stealing them. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I quite like it. Like... <laughs> These are aliens, look! They're the sort of things that I would own, and then I'd be be like... Don't get me wrong, I'd love to have one. I'd love to get my hands on one of them. Yeah, I'd set it on Etsy as a haunted object. object. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, like, sort of putting it down and going, right, we can do, like, an autopsy on this to try and figure out what it is and just being like... This is paper mache. This is, this is, yeah. That's a chicken bone. <laughs> <laughs> this is somebody's dinner. How peculiar. I mean, this is a great segue into what my uh, follow-up question is. If proof of ancient aliens was really discovered, do you think people would actually believe it? No, Probably not. They no, don't, would they? So, no. At this point in time, we live in a, in a period of time where... We live in a post-truth society. Yeah, where everyone just thinks everything's fake. Yeah. Regardless of... What proof you've got? People would just go, "No, you you fake that this way or that way or yeah." Somehow. They would even if you sort of could prove like mm. there's no way this is man-made. This is a natural being because of this that and the other. They would come up with something, yeah. or just or just like completely ignore that and be like, "But what about?" And you're like yeah. that's not not relevant. There's always those people that don't want to listen to to facts yeah, anymore from, exactly. from specialists. You know. In a world where people believe 9-11 was perpetrated by Bush and have created documentaries, created books, created all (laughs) kinds of stuff with scientific theories to prove it, or that COVID was a hoax. Like, do you know what I mean? They'll come up with something. There would be some mental gymnastics, right, to prove that it isn't. They can the 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 contortions of some of these people that they put their brains through and their theories through to make them make sense. Yeah, it's. It's astounding. Well, Australia's not real, so... Another Madagascar. Costa Rica, yeah. Um, <laughs> if we go down the route that these aren't real, they are just paper mache, right? Yeah. Are people like this journalist the bane of the true believers? Because they're out yeah. there pumping the world with these hoaxes and stuff, which make it harder to not only find the real kind of information mm. and evidence you're looking for, but also they make the non-believers kind yeah. of yeah. mentality, right? It's the... It's the- the bane of of the of the paranormal sciences at large. Yeah, know? anything like this just makes the whole paranormal world look bad. Make, yeah, makes it makes, all look yeah, bad because it's like rather than going, oh, well, this has been proven, or this has been proven, or this could be proven. It's like, but that was a hundred percent fake. Yeah, that was that stands 100% out fake. far more yeah. than any evidence. Yeah, the, the fakes are always harped on far more, but probably because they they. You get people like this bloody journalist who are, who push it there, and that this is the biggest fact, this biggest yeah. find in human history, and then it turns out it's made of paper mache and someone's Sunday roast, and it's just like the it's been dog. there, it's been in the headlines, and everyone's seen it, and then like the, the professionals come out and go, "This is fake." What? No, what are you talking about? How did they not? Like, how did they? Think how did this get that far? Go? I mean. You'd have, you'd have thought, I don't want to cast aspersions on the, the journalistic integrity of Peru and or Mexico, no, but no. you've got to ask some serious questions. How the hell did that make it to, like, big headline news Yeah, without any journalist going, yeah. because you can that's write, paper mache. You can write an article about whatever you want. As long as you've got a picture, Yeah, you yeah. can just say, well, this picture was sent to me. I'm still trying to get hold of the things to verify, but this so is what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, still mm. earning money and it's still this getting the claims. attraction. I mean, that's the journalistic integrity, isn't yeah. it? And then the minute... Publishing the, this nonsense. The minute enough people take notice and suddenly you've got to prove it and, like, your paper mache suddenly comes under scrutiny, you have to then come out and go, oh, well, it's Whoa, this or it's it that. Or, this and, or yeah, yeah, I didn't know. But 
With that in mind, <laughs> do you really believe these are made by humans? Or do you think this article could be disinformation? <laughs> what? No, I, I, it could be that they were. Like, it turns out that they're actually real. So what they've decided to do is sue this guy for stealing them, and now release and an now article saying these fake articles or fake these fake articles. Yeah, claiming, claiming that they are. Yeah, they're not. They're not a real thing, and they're made from paper mache. <sighs> Disinformation start... agents are everywhere. Yeah, but if you if you start down that, you head down a dark path. Yeah. Okay, you are teetering on the edge of a rabbit hole, and before you know it, you start believing that steel beams don't melt in jet fu- jet fuel fires, yeah. and mm. you know that Trump was a time traveler. Oh, <laughs> come on, nine eleven was terrorists, right? COVID was real, but Trump is a fucking Trump time is a time traveler. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced of it. Absolutely convinced. Ladies and gentlemen, we have lost Reggie to the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> right. It happens. Rabbit hole Reggie. <laughs> That's my new synchronicity. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Love this whole it. podcast came because I found out some rabbit holes. Subject's <laughs> <laughs> changed entirely because I found out some rabbit holes. Rabbit hole Reggie for the win. Um, <laughs> right. Curse of black-eyed child, child that haunted British countryside, leaving locals terrified. Oh. Yeah. Since the 1980s, there have been reports of a black-eyed child in Staffordshire. And while some people are sceptical, others are terrified about the ghostly creature. Over the years, there have been reports of eerie encounters um, around Cannock Chase in Staffordshire, and sightings of the ghostly creature were first recorded in the 1980s. While some dismiss the claims, others believe it is the tormented soul of a young girl who was murdered in the area during the 1960s some are even convinced it is alien or demon. During the coronavirus pandemic in the summer of 2021, Kyle and Ben said they saw the ghoul at Birch's Valley. The two teenagers, whose names have been changed to protect their identity, had been separated due to the COVID pandemic, so decided to camp illegally together in the middle of the forest. Um, come on. <laughs> It's not acceptable behaviour. This is the sensible podcast, remember? Yeah. I know, but you know how many times I took pops for walks around Harlow Common and just found like 16, 17 year olds having raves in the middle of the woods? Yeah, yeah no, but that but, doesn't yeah. mean that it's okay. Doesn't mean it's right. Follow the rules unless they're. <laughs> I mean, if I was a teenager, I'd have absolutely been doing the same thing. But I wouldn't point. have. As soon as you I read have. that they went camping to, to get away from restrictions, I was like, Randy would have done that about <laughs> 17, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the youngsters who were 17 at the time, recounted their ordeal to supernatural investigator and author Lee Brickley. Uh, Their tale is featured in his new book, Haunted Cannock Chase, True Ghost Stories from the UK's Spookiest Location. It was around midnight when the teens heard something moving around outside their tent. Thinking it could be a deer, they remained still and quiet, not wishing to spook it. But uh, when they realised they could hear footsteps, they unzipped the tent to take a peek. Both campers heard the sound of a small child giggling, so they turned on their torches, lighting up the dark woodland to try and find the source. Uh, Ben spotted it first, running from tree to tree, hiding itself behind the trunks and occasionally peering out towards the couple before finally stepping out into the clearing in front of them. Kyle said, oh, sorry, Kylie. It makes more sense it would be a boy and a girl. I was thinking this is very... I um, thought this, you know, it's fine. Young couple behaviour. Yeah. I I thought, I I, I just assumed that they were a gay couple. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But uh, 
Kylie, apparently, sorry. Kylie this makes even more sense why the two of them copped off into the woods. Yeah. 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 Yeah, during coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kylie said, I was absolutely terrified. I'd read the stories in the news about the black-eyed child, but it wasn't until the thing stood right in front of me that I could quite believe them. I knew instantly that we were dealing with the real thing because it moved in ways uh, humans simply can't move. It was like it could teleport from one place to another when it was moving around and hiding behind the trees. Ben added, I was shining my torch right at her and she just stood there staring at us with her head slightly dipped. That's when the giggling started to get louder and louder. It really sounded like it was coming from all around us, even though I could see she was right in front of us. It was really disorientating for a few seconds. Then she bent down for a moment as if adjusting her shoes, stood back up and ran off down a nearby path through a dense section of trees. The frightened pair huddled together in their tent, waiting for the sun to rise. When they came outdoors at 7am, they found piles of stones evenly spaced around the perimeter of their tent and strange stick formations hanging from the trees, which looked like dream catchers. Slightly shaken, they packed up and started the 15-minute walk back to Ben's car. Suddenly, Kylie spotted a small child with black eyes peering back at her from behind an oak tree and screamed. Ben said uh, he shouted, leave us alone, as the pair ran off towards his vehicle. Author Lee has been looking into the spooky goings-on at Cannock Chase for the last decade and has released four books about his findings. He believes he had his own encounter with the black-eyed child in Birch's Valley back in April 2018. Lee said, she appeared about 100 metres in front of me. She stared right at me for about 30 seconds and vanished without a trace. He also claims to have witnessed someone in an old soldier's uniform walk into the German war cemetery, only to follow them inside and discover they had disappeared. Referring to why he believes there is so much supernatural activity at the site, at the site um, Lee said, I tend to believe that Canic Chase is somewhat of a paranormal portal area where beings and entities from the next world can migrate into our own. I believe the woods are haunted with many spirits of the dead, but there are also lots of monster sightings that happen here. And I think those creatures come from another much darker place. <laughs> this gives me hellier Blair Witch vibes. Yeah. That's got some strong Blair Witch vibes, doesn't it? We... That story, whether it's true or not, that story is creepy. That know, I would be It's got all the, the, the hallmarks of an urban legend that sort of yeah. you hear at secondary school. You know when you, you, you hear a story and you're open-minded and then you're like, with the little stones and the, the, stones the thing, I'm and just the like... Figures. Mm, you I, watching I don't Which know. Which doesn't mean it's not no, real. It, it just I don't know, I feel like in a way, like the more stuff that is there, the more, the more stuff I start that happens, going, the, the more you start to question. There's it more to be skeptical about. Convenient. Yeah. I don't know. I still believe in Helia, but I've seen the descent. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I don't know, that that is really creepy. Do you think we should go investigate that? Yeah, I was, was going to say, say like, that. How, road trip to Canic Chase. This how far like a is weekend that? Away. Huh? How far is that away? Long way. This feels like we leave on Yorkshire. Saturday morning, we camp overnight, and then we camp come back on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, that, this is a this is a weekend trip where we we spend a, a night in the woods. Like um, absolutely. Didn't on touching we cover yeah. something about the dog man? Yeah, of, of Canic Chase. Chase as well. That's why, like, I kind of bought that hit yeah. as well. 
Alec Chase is one of them places. It's, it really is grim up north, isn't it? It feels like a bit like the British um, Skinwalker Ranch, that, that kind of idea where... It's got that kind of... Like yeah. There's a lot, of, yeah. a lot, a lot going on for whatever reason. Now, I know neither of you are really scared of the paranormal, but on a scale of 1 to 10, how freaked out would you be to wake up to a scene straight out of the Blair Witch Project knowing you had absolutely nothing to do with it? I'd literally be terrified. Like, there's some things that scare me. No, you wouldn't. Because every time there's a spooky noise in the house or anywhere else, you go running off, EMF meter in hand, yelling questions <laughs> into the beyond. <laughs> so you would done oh, black-eyed child, give me the EMF meter. You'd be up there trying to feed it biscuits. <laughs> but I think, I don't know, there's something creepy about... I mean, woods are creepy. Woods are creepy. I don't like going out into the woods anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a I'd... major difference between hearing a sound in your own home. Yeah. Yeah. And then waking up kind of in the middle of, the the middle of the nowhere, in the yeah. middle of the woods, knowing that someone else must have been there. As well, like, creepy child, <laughs> giggling. Yeah, no, that is... That's so scary. Like, <sighs> child spirits are demonic or they're... Um, interpreted as being de- demonic yeah, or, or... you kind of... That's where my head goes. Malevolent. Thing is, yeah. whether it's a black-eyed child, whether it's the Blair Witch, whatever, it, it's just as creepy if it's a local. Oh, What's God, the fuck yeah, with that's you? probably oh, yeah. worse. That's oh, yeah, more that's, creepy. That's more scary That's more me. creepy than a demon or a witch or anything because what would make a local go out to the woods in the middle of the night, set all that up? Set all that up. Go and then all, go not even get the payoff. That yeah. is psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's unhinged. And you know that it would have been like, pre-planned yeah they want they're not just they've not just walked past and gone i'm gonna creep these out no, they're they there for a they're really right. and the fact yeah. that this isn't like the first report you know these reports have been going on for like 40 yeah. years mm. now yeah so it's 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 either one unhinged local lunatic yeah i'm picturing like a, a northern reggie here <laughs> i was thinking more hillbilly but <laughs> that's what i said oh. um <laughs> northern reggie not not regular reggie oh. This um, could be a lot of fun Reggie. at all. Go his deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take the banjo. Do you believe in black-eyed children? Like, do you believe they there could be some sense of realness to the the phenomena? Yeah, whether it's so. what people describe or whether it's like a, a demon or possession or yeah. something else. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what it is. I don't ascribe to any of the particular beliefs that it's aliens, they're ghosts, they're they're demons, whatever. Yeah. But I believe people are seeing these. Things. Yes, okay. yeah, definitely. It's I all, believe. All over, the, all over the world as well. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a global yeah. thing. Absolutely. Um, do you believe these woods could contain a portal to another dimension? Because that's really what he's trying to that's say. What, that's, that would make sense. Yeah. If even half of the stories, and uh, you know, I haven't put any real effort into investigating uh, Canuck Chase yeah. or any of that, that area. I know of it incidentally into stuff that you've brought for, for podcast episodes. But if even half of the stuff that even I've seen yeah. and, and, and heard about is true, then that would be the best explanation for oh, of course, Between yeah. the UFOs, the, the spooks and and demon children Cryptids, and wolfmen and all that sort else. of stuff. Yeah, and it, it it's quite, make sense. It's quite... Um, I've seen quite a few areas where there'll be like a couple of trees that bend... Around mm. that actually looks like a portal. Yeah, I think is it Goat, Goatsman Bridge, Goatsman's Bridge in America. Oh yeah, there's one there. I think it's there that yeah. um, apparently that's why it's so haunted. Or there's rumours because that there's this, two this trees. Could be our Goatman Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 not unheard of that 
trees and woodlands are known to have, to have sort of like portal or some the veil sort of... thins that goes back to the the the, the fey thing with with um fairy circles yeah. and things like that um and fairy doors and all that sort of stuff which is all in in fields and woodlands and things like that so that would also make make a be a good explanation of why yeah, there's a lot of connections there. with nature um the idea of meeting spirits from world war one or world war two really appeals to me mm. Do you have a particular spirit or a spirit from a certain era that you would most like to meet and communicate with? Oof. I wish mm. I'd had this question beforehand. Oh, I sent these. I sent my entire notes to you before. Like, yeah, about twenty like minutes hours ago. ago. Twenty minutes ago. <laughs> a good hour and a half. It was about twenty started. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, at that point, I was already hip deep in, in prepping my notes for yeah. this episode. I don't um, know. I think for me, something like a soldier wouldn't. I don't think it would scare me. I think I'd feel quite comforted by. Mm. By that, um, I think for me it's like more individual characters. Like it would be the vibe that I'm picking up on, yeah. Rather than who they were or where they're from, yeah. I don't know. We talked about going to the site of the Battle of Hastings and yeah. trying to communicate with William the Conqueror. Like <laughs> everybody that listens to Tartig knows, I have a fascination with World War Two. If we could communicate with a soldier from World War Two. Yeah. That would be fascinating. Yeah, to that me. would be really cool. You'd have, probably have to go to the site of a battlefield, which well, we don't have too many of them off here. No, we'll, we'd have to travel. Yeah, which again, go, I'm like, down, down for. To the Somme or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm up for travelling. <laughs> the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> the beaches of Normandy. Um, <laughs> do you think a series though of synchronicities bonus episodes where we mix history with the paranormal by investigating battle sites or impo- important places in history? Could work. Yes, I would yeah. love to do that. I think as well because I would out hundred percent spearhead that part of synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. any any investigation on a historical site like that needs the historical yeah. context. Yeah, and it could be like a two or three part or a yeah. series. Yeah, that's or, what I was thinking. And yeah. like with the videos, synchronicities colon <laughs> the battle of Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like with the videos as well. There's a lot that could be done. Yeah, exactly. With like the history, mm. and I think. Obviously, that would be your something that you would like to do, like the history. Yeah, which I, I would like. Part. I like a lot of sort of different areas of history, yeah. and also another one would be like true crime and go down like a true crime, trying to contact. Oh, absolutely! You know, like you said about the Essex Boys and yeah. things like that, yeah, yeah. and the White or House like, un- Farm. Yeah. yeah, unsolved murders. Like try and go to those sort of places, mm. contact oh. whoever. Synchronicity's got a whole lot more exciting in twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. There's a lot of plans that yeah. are just coming out now. <laughs> yeah, at least without the what the things that I've been planning. Well, yeah, we've we've all kind of got out areas that we would like to kind of take things in. <laughs> yeah. Which areas we're all very open to doing. So um, how long we've we been going? Cut uh, this out. Like about twenty five minutes. Okay, you do your bit. Okay. So right, what's next? This month, because this is the monthly podcast. Mm. Um we're going to, because of uh, technological setbacks, uh, we're not going to discuss what we're originally going to discuss. No. no Instead, I have prepared something <coughs> on a, a lesser known, if you'd call it a cryptid or monster or, or spirit, spirit entity. Yeah. We'll they, go with entity. Yeah. Phenomena. Phenomena. No, that, that's me. That's such no, a good word. It's a good word. Um, so, yeah, I thought I would educate everybody on Grindylows. Are they like the Gruffalo? No. <laughs> Are they like the Gruffalo had sex with a Wendigo? 
No. Oh, okay. And I will not be I taking might, any more questions at this juncture. I might draw that, though. <laughs> I can't draw, but I'm, I want to draw that. Yeah. Now, I don't think either of you are particularly big Harry Potter fans, which is probably Absolutely why not. that word didn't... I like Harry so, Potter. You, yeah, I was going to say you like Harry Potter. But I'm not a massive fan. I would understand things like uh, that. Well, okay. Grindel, for, for any Harry Potter fans, especially like the, the, the obsessive ones, Grindelows will be ringing a little bell for them. Okay. Uh, I'll explain why in a little bit. But uh, Grindelows, also known as Jenny or Ginny Greenteeth, Peg Power, Peg O'Neill. Oh, See, I've heard no, of Jenny Greenteeth. Yeah. Yes, because it's one of my favourite yeah. uh, local monsters. And like, I, by local, I, keep... I mean Britain. But the thing is, is like I always just then think of Jenny from the block, and that is a completely <laughs> different situation. Well, refer to her as not the only one. To be fair, <laughs> refer to her as Ginny Greenteeth. But now, isn't there name. isn't there a Ginny like in Harry Potter? Like one of the yeah. Weasley you children. You are absolutely asking the wrong person. <laughs> so when I hear Ginny, I just think of like a ginger child. Oh, okay, you're like irredeemable. Her. Clearly, I think that was one sister. Though. Yeah, I think it was the li- little sister. I'm uh, still stuck on Jenny from the block. To be fair. <laughs> okay, Jenny from the block. You've, you've lost us, Ray. <laughs> Lord, right. <laughs> How many podcasts can you make me sigh on? <laughs> All of them. All of them. Clearly. <laughs> now, England as us as, as natives will know, is riven with rivers, streams, lakes and ponds. And bogs and swamps. And bogs and swamps and other general, generally moist areas. Puddles. Puddles galore. Puddles galore. A lot of puddles. <laughs> so it's not really surprising that uh, a variety of folklore and legends have grown up around them, accompanied by their own menagerie of uh, denizens for these wet, swampy areas. Uh, now, these particular water dwell- dwellers, the, the Grindylows, all <laughs> share very similar habitats, appearance, and grisly methods of snaring their prey because they're all obviously carnivorous because all the best ones are. Now, given these similarities, I generally assume that they're either regional names for the same thing or perhaps all members of like the same species of same thing. breed. Yeah, the same breed of entity. Now I'll give some I'll give some info on the, the, the named ones that I mentioned earlier and on the, the Grindy Lows in general. Uh, uh, Jenny or Ginny Greenteeth. From the block. Jenny from the block. From the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> um, now tales of, of uh, this Greenteeth lady hail primarily from the northwest of England, although there are folkloric references to her from all over the country in one form or another. Uh, and have been told for centuries alongside those of other water demons from antiquity. Despite her long history and the large distances her tales have covered, descriptions of this water hag remain remarkably consistent, at least in her appearance and behaviour, though there are notable exceptions, which I'll get into later. If this mainly comes from the Northwest, do you mm. think there's any kind of Viking heritage to any of it? Quite possibly. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not up on my Viking no. folklore. It could but, also be because there is a lot more swamp, yeah, swampy areas. The uh, Grindelow yeah. is, is is quite a quintessentially British yeah. okay. thing. I, we I, seem to have more reports of these than anywhere else. Okay, um, probably because we're such a damp little country. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the, the weather probably attracts. Yeah. Them. <laughs> um, so she's said to have long green hair that resembles duckweed. Something in Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh, old Greg. Oh, Greg. Um, so the duckweed is very common in old ponds. She's got long, thin arms, green skin, and sharp teeth, set in the face of an old hag, 
like a proper sort of like witchy thing, but obviously with the green teeth, uh, green skin, and these big old gnashes. Her preferred lair is deep old ponds. You know the kind with like the the water that looks you can walk across it, stagnant, claggy, claggy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Would you say a Grindelow is like a mix between grot bags and a piranha? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad analogy, actually. Yeah, if got bags and a uh, piranha had a baby, yeah. it would be a Grindelow. I've got a question. Yeah. Smash or pass? Lord, it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Depends what position. Oh. As long as the, the teeth were firm or pointed the yeah. other way. Keep the teeth. <laughs> Who knows? Listen, we've all seen that film. Yeah. Okay, who's Vagina to say? Dictata. Who's to say there aren't teeth on both ends? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, <laughs> she prefers, uh, preferred layer is these deep old ponds where she lurks in the dark water by these overgrown banks, waiting to snatch her prey into the water by the ankle. So she uses these long old arms to reach out and drag you in before you can realise. She prefers children and the elderly, particularly children, because obviously they're much easier to, to snag. Uh, she'll drag her prey under the water, staring unblinkingly into their eyes as they thrash about and drown waiting for them to drown. Put your arm down. You have to wait until I get to the end of this this paragraph. Um, <laughs> she waits until they've drowned, and then she eats them. Usually, she eats every last bit, crunching up the bones and devouring every last trace. But periodically, uh, she'll leave skulls and bones scattered along the bottom of the pond, which are found many, many years later when the pond is, is drained or dries naturally. Is that to send a message, do you think? I think she just does it because she likes the ambiance. It's a bit of feng shui for oh, so green cough. <laughs> cough as well, then. Cough, yeah. <laughs> but you had your hand up. So, you know Skyrim? I no, do. not Skyrim. Witcher. Yes. Have you played the bit where there's the three hags? Yes. And the I think it's like a little boy. Yes. I'm getting vibes of this, the hags being this kind, because it's that sort of environment. Yeah. And then, but the hags are... are, are by people, they're based more on on like, aspects of Baba Yaga. Than, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the drowned, those ones that you fight in The Witcher that yeah. come out of the wetlands, they're, they're based on Grindelow's. What's okay. the um, Shakespeare play with the three old hags? Uh, uh, is that Macbeth? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, these aren't. These aren't. They look like hags, but they aren't hags as we would as we would think of them, like witches. That's There's something else that's similar, but I can't. They're, they're more like. Evil serial killing mermaids. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like a siren, like kind of, a, one of those sort of sireny. Yeah, they're, they're, some some of the, the the tales of them do attribute them siren like abilities to the yeah. people. In there is one of these. I can't remember which one it is in particular who can change her appearance and a bit like a kelpie and lures. Yeah, pardon me, lures in unwary passersby. Fascinating. Um, so some tales of Jenny give her siren-like abilities, claiming that she can sing, she sings or hums beautifully to draw the unwary to her because they hear this singing, they go and investigate, and then she leaps out of the water, drags them in and eats them. Uh, whilst others say that by night, her, her eyes emit a pale yellow light, like the reflection of moonlight on the surface of the water, which makes them glow in the dark, potentially luring curious victims to the water's edge where she can snatch them to a watery end. Like a crocodile. Like a crocodile. And they just sit and wait. Like one of those anglerfish yeah, from, the, from the... the deep sea with a crocodile. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> um, so the next uh, named Grindelow is Peg Powler. Uh, now, Peg has a particularly nasty reputation. 
and a visage to match. Again, long green hair, long thin arms, green skin, sharp teeth, though she is also noted specifically as having sharp claws as well, which isn't mentioned in, in any of uh, Jenny's notable legends. Um, Peg supposedly haunts the River Tees uh, and its tribu tributaries, so her tales seem to have largely supplanted those of Jenny in the areas around that river, uh, which ranges from the North Pennines to Middlesbrough. Do you know how evolution works? That certain animals, or certain, yeah, certain animals would evolve in a certain way to deal with the environment. Yes. Yeah. So, like those real deep sea fish are like have the best underwater eyesight, or yeah. are luminous, so other people can see them. Do you think these could all be the same phenomena, but they've just got different it's attributes like different in different, different areas, in yeah. different places? Because here they might have needed claws to, I don't know. To kill or to eat or whatever, but somewhere else it might have been easier for them to get food. Yeah, so they didn't need it. Well, it, like uh, Jenny is specified as living in these large old ponds, yeah, which is obviously stagnant, standing water effectively. Yeah. Whereas this is rivers. Peg is gonna is it? It's a big river as yeah. well. Maybe they're it? all so. sisters and they all look after their own block. Right, so to speak, that. like, <laughs> but pinning the familial connection. Uh, however, Peg may actually have a greater claim to notoriety and her place in the hierarchy of English folklore. In the Denim Tracts, she is referred to as the evil goddess of the teas. Uh, noted 19th century folklorist William Henderson uh, described her as having an insatiable desire for human life and a love of dragging children from the banks. But unlike uh, Jenny, who was largely a, a patient passive hunter, she would attack anyone who went in the water. So oh, okay. swimmers of any age or gender, yeah. she would literally just reach up, grab them. So she's not crawling through the undergrowth, like creeping up on the antelope and then boom, striking. She's, <laughs> she's just taking like, she's seen, she's seen 200 yards away, just like screaming your dinner and running to <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. She's Maybe more, that's why she needs she's the claws. She's feral. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Peg may seem like just another name for uh, Jenny Greenteeth, However, there are a couple of twists in her tale which mark her out as being something different. Firstly, she allegedly has a sister or daughter who haunts the river Skern, a major tributary to the Tees. This nanny Paula, as she is known, seems to share a similar attitude to careless children and brazen swimmers and is named as being related to Peg in the Denim Tracts. For those wondering, the Denim Tracts are a series of 54 pamphlets uh, by different authors, all on folklore. Okay. Um, from around the UK, collected together between 1846 and 1859 by a Yorkshire tradesman named Michael Denham. Uh, and it's rumored, they are rumoured to be where J.R.R. Tolkien got the name Hobbit from. Oh, okay. okay. Apparently that's, that's he read cool. the Denham tracts and took weird. a lot of influence from it. That's weird, because I prepped something else today, right? <coughs> and in that, um, we were going to talk about the Shining Ones, right? Mm. They were like these short, red-headed, possible aliens yes. in ancient Ireland. But one of them was named Baylor, uh, which is another Tolkien name, right? Yeah. yeah. Synchronicities. Synchronicities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the second, more interesting twist in her tale is raised by Elliot O'Donnell in his 1924 book, Ghosts, Helpful and Harmful, wherein he describes Peg as a spirit who lures men and boys to their doom in the tees by appearing as a beautiful woman albeit one with green hair, uh, and pretending to drown. They dash in all gallantly to help. Uh, she drags them under and eats them. He then goes on to claim that on foggy nights, she can even range from the water 
to lead men to the water's edge, causing them to stumble in due to the fog. So very siren-like behaviour yeah. there. Um, now the next one is another Peg. Peg, on- Peg O'Nell is her name. Is it Nell? Yeah, it is Nell. Um, she lurks in the Ribble, which runs through the north of Yorkshire and Lancaster. Got ridiculous names for their teas and ribbles. And yeah, there's some very scones. strange, uh, yeah, strange names in I mean, that to part. To be fair, most river names are pretty odd when you really think about it. Yeah, true. Um, it's just a ribble. <laughs> 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 Apologies if you if you live near the ribble or you're a big fan think, of the, the river ribble. Do you think they were like, I love how the water ripples? What should we call it? Well, we can't call it ripple. Ribble. <laughs> the reason I asked earlier about whether any of these could have. Viking heritage is because mm. that's the exact part of the country where the Vikings ruled yeah. for so long. So it wouldn't surprise me if some of these names, well, like a lot yeah. of the names come Scandinavian from Scandinavian connections. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. And they're, they're, they're kind of like Scandinavian names mauled over but, the centuries yeah. by the locals yeah. and becoming something else. And the accent. You've got yes, lots of interesting accents up there. Wow. That's going to be the di- most difficult <laughs> thing when we go to Canuck Chase. Yeah, it's understanding what the locals are telling us. Thing is, I've got, I've got a strange way of speaking. Sometimes. I'm sure the listeners agree. And uh, my family is from various places, so maybe that will help me. Maybe that'll help you. Probably not, based on uh, having listened to you communicate with anyone who's got a strong accent. <laughs> Look. <laughs> you just stop, turn to me, like, oh? <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this water hack, Peg O'Nell, uh, gives her name to an ancient spring in the grounds of Waddo Hall which is a, a stately home up up north, uh, where a headless statue, supposedly a peg herself, still stands. And there are several interesting stories around her. Uh, the first of the, the major local legends regarding her claims that Peg was once a servant girl at Waddo Hall. Uh, she was disobedient and quarrelsome, apparently, and frequently at odds with her masters, who were the Starkey family. After a particularly nasty argument one morning, apparently over Peg not wanting to fetch water from the well for her mistress... The lady of the house became angry and thereupon expressed a wish that she might fall and break her neck, as quoted in Notes on the Folklore of the Northern Counties of England and the Borders by William Henderson, 1866. Hmm. Other books on that are probably available, <laughs> unless you want to sponsor us, sponsor us Mr. Henderson, <laughs> from 1866. Give us a shilling. The estate Henderson. of Mr. Henderson. Uh, now, this actually came to pass. Uh, variations on the story claim it happened immediately after uh, Lady Starkey said this, and others claim it was a short while after. Uh, as it was winter, the ground was frozen, causing Peg to slip, breaking her neck and drowning in the ribble. Her death seemed to bring a curse on the Starkey family. Chickens were stolen, cows died, children fell ill, sheep strayed, and every instance of bad luck and misfortune was laid squarely at the feet of Peg. In fact, Mrs. Starkey got so fed up with it that she took an axe to the statue of Peg uh, that had been erected in memory of the unfortunate servant girl and cut off its head, hence its currently missing head. Uh, The second story picks up after this, and it claims that after death, the spirit of Peg would rise up and demand a sacrifice every seven years. Uh, On what became known as Peg's Night locally, she would command something be drowned in the river as she had been, a bird, a cat or dog, but if no sacrifice was made, then she would claim a victim for herself and it would be a human victim. Uh, one year after nothing was offered, a young man was riding from Waddington to Clitheroe. Uh, and as there was no bridge spanning the river at that time, he tried to cross at the ford, which was swollen and unsafe. 
As he was leaving a nearby inn to make the crossing, he was told by the host that the crossing was dangerous, and but he insisted he had business at clear the road and must go on. Uh, probably a no nonsense type of chap, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go and do some business in Yorkshire, right? It's Yorkshire. Yeah. Lots of no nonsense chaps up there. <laughs> got his flat cap on. He's yeah, got his wellies it. on. Yeah, <laughs> flat cap wellies, and off he went. Yeah, yeah he's taking no shit from no one. Um, so he insisted he was going to go on regardless. Uh, the maid added, "And it's Peg O'Neill's night, and she has not had her life." Uh, the traveller just laughed off the dark warning and headed off to the ford. But neither he nor his horse ever reached the far side of the river. And he never seen again. And huh. locally it's believed that Peg decided to claim both of them to make yeah. up for the fact that nothing had been sacrificed to her that year. I, I think that they murdered her. I don't think Peg. she just fell. Yeah. You don't think she fell? You and, think and that the Starkeys did away with Miss, Mrs. Starkey in a fit of rage? Yeah. Especially if she's then going to chop the Stacky head off head the off. axe. She's got issues. <laughs> Do you think she got a little help from some friends? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, it could, it would make sense, right? Because like mostly spirits that are still here and are causing mischief mm. had a bad end. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, an accident is a bad end, but being murdered is, he, is yeah. a far worse. And she's end. more likely to want to get revenge. Because... Yeah. It would create a far bigger kind of negative energy. Yeah. Explosion yes. into the into the surrounding. I think it's interesting with her story in particular. The others seem to be natural, for lack of yeah. a better word. Whereas she was a denizens of the areas they're in, yeah. but she seems to be like a vengeful spirit who yeah. is who has taken that form, sort yeah. of thing. Um, and yeah, I quite like the idea of of you know someone dying in unfortunate circumstances like that, and then Getting... rather than actually dying, coming back yeah. as something else to re- re- terrible revenge yeah. and hound of the Baskerville style, kind of like. Making other people suffer in the way that she did because she's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, finally, I've got some information on the the Grindelow at large, sort of like okay. you know, as a general thing, because as I said, yeah, you you can you can dig down. I mean, folklore in England is insane, um, and you can write what well, there have been <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands. Exactly. Of people. You can get books of different areas. Different areas so have much. their own folklore. Yeah, and I believe somewhere over here, we've I've got, got loads like a, of different ones. I've got a reference of of. Folklore in the UK, just which just has like a paragraph on yeah. all these various different things, and it's still a book the size of War and Peace. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Grindelwalds, which which have recently become popularised again, thanks to Harry Potter, because they appear in one of the spin-offs, I think, or they're mentioned. Oh, as Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah, I think I, they appear in there. I like Harry Potter. I don't like Fantastic Beasts. When I was doing my research on this, the the, the Harry Potter Grindelwalds came up all the much <laughs> time. They yeah. will though, because. <laughs> Because it's popular, version of popular. It, isn't it? fucking muggle. <laughs> <clears throat> it was quite difficult actually looking at online sources, trying to. I've had it for a couple of things that I've looked up, trying to separate the the actual folkloric stuff, the historical stuff, mm. and the, the the real reports of it from stuff that's fan generated or oh, is yeah. in a, a novel somewhere. Yeah, when people were borrowing liberally from existing folklore. I, mean, yeah, I, get I found that with, sense, with but... research on like, other like cryptids and... Yeah. You end up on, thing... like, oh, this looks fascinating. It's got loads of information. You click onto it. Yeah, you find that it's a character... It char- opens up a fan a... wiki. Yeah. yeah, it's like a character from something. <laughs> yeah, like... and you're like, well, this Ugh. is this is less than worthless. Now, it seems to be a, a more general term for various different types of water spirits, and it could be that all the previous entries are just types of Grindy Low. Like I was saying yeah. at the beginning, this could be like... This is a general species, and these yeah. are all 
different evolutions of it. You know, Just, like they're like fifty plus species of frog, but they're yeah. all frog. They're all frogs. Yeah, yeah. It's like a or like with ghosts, you've got ghosts, and then you've got all different types of yeah. My particular comparison and... was uh, like um, the black. Oh, pardon me, black dogs. Yeah, yeah. you know, guest, old shark, moddy do, they're all types of black dog. Yeah. Oh, I've got the hiccups now for some bizarre reason. Yeah, it's, it's like mm, an umbrella. Stop yawning. You're hiccuping. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well. Yeah. <clears throat> now there's precious little information, uh, like actual factual information, beyond the the, the basics, you know, the, the pale green skin, humanoid in shape, but long thing arms, uh small green teeth, sharp, and some of them have sharp little horns. Cute. Uh, and long, supposedly brittle fingers. Uh, as with most of the others mentioned uh, here, their preferred method of catching their prey is to lurk in ponds, pools, bogs, that sort of thing, waiting for unwary children or the infirm to, to straight on, I assume, like cattle and livestock and stuff. Um, waiting for them to go too close to the edge, and then they'll reach out with their long old arms and drag them in, drown them, and then basically eat them. Um these days, Jenny and her ilk are largely thought of as something that's called, good lord, <laughs> nursery bogies, which are spirits and creatures created by parents and carers to scare their kids out of dangerous behaviour. Yeah, to stop them swimming in rivers. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit, like, um, too close to... a bit like the episodes of 999 yeah. did yeah. to us as kids. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. I've, I've still, I still think of some of them. I, I have a, uh, this irrational fear of power substations. Yeah. That even if I so much as touch the yeah. fence, I'm just going to die because it instilled such a hor- horrific fear well, you know, in me of you, going near them. You know what I'm like when I go, <clears throat> even go near or we drive past something like that. I'm yeah. just like, I can't go near it because I don't, I'm going to get drawn to it and stuck to it. And I'm going to. Well, they didn't have it. that newsreader to do right. voiceovers of no. children in horrific accidents back in back in the day. So they had they made up these sort of stories, which is what they believe or what they, these days, modern science ascribes them to. I can understand as well, because with, like, swampy areas, mm. so I, I remember going to, like, Wales and, like, all these sort of places yeah. where there's, you know, one minute you're walking along and then it's just a bog and yeah. you can't see it. So I can understand why these sort of particular characters could have been created for that in those areas yeah. and not so much here. It's like, obviously, um, we, we, we're fairly rural here. Yeah. We yeah. haven't really got any dangers, like natural no, dangers. No, we've, we've got rivers and ponds and things nearby. But, you know, due to increased urbanisation, these sorts of areas are decreasing all the time. And there's paths near them and usually a little there's sign that says deep water. There's signs and fences. But obviously back then, you, what are you thinking, like Industrial Revolution era up north? Yeah. There were lots of these things, mill ponds and all sorts. And You'd be walking... A, like Health and safety wasn't a thing. No. And if you're running along the fields or running through the woods, yeah, you don't see them. Yeah. And there's so much of it. To put it into almost, almost modern day parlance, <laughs> you remember all of the, uh, like, don't talk to strangers adverts we saw as kids? Yes. yes. Like, don't take sweets from strangers, don't even talk don't to get... strangers, just say no. Every stranger was going to take you away and yeah. murder you. All don't them... get in the back of a van, even if they've got puppies. Yeah, which... all of them adverts that played during the kids' section after school on TV. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is just, just the ancient version of that. Yeah, this yeah. was the forerunner yeah. to that. And the that. little hedgehogs crossing the road, like, stop, look, listen. Yeah. Oh, However, yeah, yeah. one of the things that has kept this, you know, the, the theory that these are something more than that coming up is the fact that these were often in very disparate um, rural areas mm. 
And these legends have been around forever and a day. You know, so yeah. everyone's nan was always telling them about it and passing it down. And these were in areas that had very little contact with the wider country, especially when it came to talking about folklore. Yeah. Because they didn't have books of folklore. They didn't have the internet to go and discuss it on Wikipedia and things like that. Yet the descriptions mm. of both their appearance and, you know, methods of, of hunting are basically exactly the same, regardless of where in the UK yeah. these reports come from. So you'd, you'd think that if it was like a, a warning or a story that people are making up, that each one would be completely different. Yeah. Like this there would one, be, this there would be notable variations. Woman. This one's there's a crocodile in this one or... Yeah. But, but they're, they're all the basically the same thing and the descriptions are the Very same. Similar, yeah. And they've all got these local legends around them that have grown up over time telling stories of specific instances when, you know, Ginny Greenteeth or, or Peg Powell or whatever popped up and did this or the, the Peg O'Neill one with the, the rider drowning and what yeah. have you. Um, which I think is it, is what stops it just being written off as, oh, yeah, this was just something, you know, fireside tales yeah. to stop your kids going and drowning themselves. Yeah, I suppose like when we've talked about things like the black dogs or the skinwalkers and stuff where mm. there's too many similar stories in completely different areas that make yeah. so you start thinking maybe there's truth to it. There's, there's, even if they even if because there's only they one. can't have made them up at the same time just coincidentally. Yeah, it's too it would be too much of a coincidence I th- I think. Yeah, especially for them with so all many to have come them. up across, you know, what is it hundreds of years, across centuries to have, all these disparate people with no communication between them to come up with the same stories about the same things. Yeah, it would be you very... You start thinking... Very coincidental. Yeah, maybe there was something... I'm not saying there is now, but although... Or must, if what, what it was is anything like what it is we're talking about. Mm. Like, they, it could be that there's a kernel of truth that... Yes. I don't know. But everything else is just kind of like... On, like, Put on top of it, yeah, you've got to peel the layers away. Far worse, yeah. It does. It does. They, they still work now as as a nursery oh, bogey. Oh yeah. Because I remember describing uh, talking about <laughs> talking about Jeannie Greenteeth to Cody yeah. when he was younger, uh, and now whenever we take when we we get take dog out for a walk over the common or that, he says, "Oh, do you think we'll see?" What's her name? Oh, the, the green teeth <laughs> yeah. in there. He said to me about it as well. And <laughs> so I, I was like, and it, it works because my child is now aware that there yeah. is potentially something in that grubby looking pond that's going to eat him. Yeah, he said to me about it. I can't remember what he said, but I was like, what are you talking about? Because I wondered where, where this is. I was like, what have you been watching on YouTube? And he's like, no, daddy was telling me about yeah. Jenny Green Teeth. I was like, oh, okay. Parenting through fear. Through yeah. parenting through fear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that one day he'll grow up and go out hunting cryptids. And then I can trundle along in my wheelchair. Yeah. I'll be in a wheelchair by then, probably. Son, can you see anything? Did you see anything? Oh, you're winning, son. Oh, you're winning, son. <laughs> so there we go. I have now educated you all on Green Dillos. Yeah. So when we go to, to Paddock Chase... Paddock um, Chase. Yeah, that one. That one, too. Um, if we go to any ponds, you'll know not to go swimming. Yeah. Or lurk near I, the banks looking like a child or I an old person. probably wouldn't be getting in the water anyway. You don't know. It's, it'll be freezing. Whatever time of year we go, it'll be freezing. It's going to be up north, it'll be freezing, yeah. But, <laughs> to be fair... Sorry, northerners. What am I like with water, though? Well, I don't know, you drink well, it all the time. You're when like, it's, you're if like it's one, the of those, sea, one of those aliens out of uh, the faculty. <laughs> yeah, you if, and me both, don't <laughs> If it's the sea, I get in it. If it's anything else, I'm like, nah. nah. Yeah, nice. no. I watch Stand By Me. I don't want leeches on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, people, you don't have to be high 
to indulge in the strangeness. 